Okay, looks like we are live, ladies. Excellent. So, um, good morning, Dr. Susan Beck, who is our VP of Product Innovation, and Christina Wynn, who is our Technical Marketing Manager. Um, so, I before we start, I would like you ladies to just briefly introduce your career path, what you've done in the past, and you have such impressive um, academic accolades. If you could just talk a little bit about that before we move on to our cognitive wellness and the aging brain. So Christina, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've been with Neolife for, I think, a bit over six years now. Um, it was actually my first real job out of college where I majored in psychobiology and double minored in applied developmental psychology and neuroscience. And I started off at Neolife as a research associate, and then I moved my way up to a product research scientist. And then now I am a technical marketing manager here, and it's been a great journey so far. You've been so helpful to me as the product manager, um, just with all the science that you're able to provide and competitive analysis and really looking into um, all the features and benefits of the, the product. So um, I've loved working with you. I've been at Neolife for about two years and you've been so helpful to me. So welcome, Christina. And uh, <laughs> Susan, you're relatively new to Neolife. I am, yeah. Yeah, so you're still in your first year. Um, I, yeah, I just passed my first year. Okay. Um, so I've been, yay, been at Neolife for a year. Time flies. Feels like you've been here. <laughs> been here forever, in a good way. <laughs> That's right. Um, I have a PhD in nutritional science. I'm um, also um, a licensed acupuncturist, a master's degree in Chinese medicine. Um, and I've been in the natural product industry most of my career. And over the course of my career, um, I've created um, over 300 products and all sorts of delivery systems and, um, and venues and all that kind of stuff. So, but I'm really happy to be at Neolife and, and here with you all today. I have to say, you know, we've worked together a little bit um, with the vegan protein launch. Yeah. Um, I was floored by your launch at convention. You are just a wealth of information, number one. You're so comfortable on stage. You're so excited about the product. So I, yeah, you, you did such a great job at convention. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. It's really fun to work with, with both of you, for sure. Yeah. It, gosh, the information that you have, your presentation, um, all the science was just phenomenal. So anyway. Um, okay. So let's uh, move on with our call today. So you're going to talk about cognitive wellness and the aging brain. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk about cognitive health since this subject is near and dear to my heart. My father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease about 10 years ago, and he now lives with me and my family. So over the years, I've done quite a bit of research into dementia and cognitive health. And so for today, we're gonna focus on how to support healthy cognitive aging through lifestyle, diet, and supplements, so we can do everything possible to optimize our brain function as we age. And 
Um, thanks for sharing all that with us, Susan. It must be um, an interesting journey. So I think we all hear the term dementia thrown around a lot, but what exactly does it mean? Yeah, it's a good question. Dementia is when there's a deterioration in cognitive function beyond what is, what is expected from the normal consequences of aging. So is it normal to forget where our keys are or to have a little trouble finding the right words as we age? Yes, this is called age-related mild cognitive impairment and it's totally normal. Is it normal to not remember how to brush our teeth or shower or figure out how to feed ourselves or dress ourselves? No, this is not part of the normal aging process. When we can no longer take care of ourselves, even in small ways, this is known as dementia. As the CDC says, dementia is an impaired ability to remember, think, or make decisions that interferes with doing everyday activities. And how prevalent a problem is dementia? It's huge. According to the World Health Organization, more than 55 million people live with dementia worldwide, and there are nearly 10 million new cases every year. The total number of people with dementia is projected to reach 82 million worldwide in about nine years and 152 million in the next 30 years. So the number of people with dementia will triple in the next 30 years. And dementia is currently the seventh leading cause of death among all diseases and one of the major causes of disability and dependency among older people globally. Hmm. That's a really widespread problem. So another term I hear a lot is Alzheimer's disease and people often use them interchangeably. Is dementia the same thing as Alzheimer's disease? That's a great question. Um, Alzheimer's disease causes dementia. Alzheimer's disease causes plaques and tangles to develop all throughout the brain, starting in the areas important for memory before spreading to other regions. There are other diseases that cause dementia too, such as vascular dementia and then something called dementia with Lewy bodies. And people can also develop dementia through diseases like Parkinson's or multiple sclerosis. But Alzheimer's disease is by far the most common cause of dementia. It causes up to about 60 to 70% of all dementia cases. And how do we get Alzheimer's disease? Well, there are some risk factors for Alzheimer's disease that we just can't do anything about, like age or sex or genetic predisposition. For example, the chances of women developing Alzheimer's disease are greater than men. Starting at the age of 65, about one in five women will go on to develop Alzheimer's disease. And that's compared to one in 11 men of the same age. Researchers from Stanford University found that women carrying the Alzheimer's disease related gene, it's called APOE4, were twice as likely to develop dementia compared to women without the gene. However, in men who carried the APOE4 gene, there was only a slight increase in the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So women are for sure more susceptible. Well, that kind of sucks. And it's unfortunate that there are factors that are outside of our control. But is there, are there any factors that we can control to try and minimize our risk of developing Alzheimer's? Absolutely. The risk factors for Alzheimer's disease other than age, sex, and genetics include chronic diseases, many of which we can either prevent with good lifestyle choices or in some cases treat with medication. For example, if people have diseases like diabetes or hypertension or high cholesterol or depression, then they're more at risk for Alzheimer's disease. And smoking, obesity, alcohol abuse also increases people's risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. It's kind of a long list of things we wanna prevent or treat, but the good news is that there are lots of lifestyle choices we can make that will help our brain stay healthier longer. In fact, up to 30% of Alzheimer's disease cases can be prevented through modification of risk factors. 
So today we're going to talk about some of the things we can do to keep our brains healthy for a long time. Well, 30% is a pretty good chunk that's modifiable. And it's good that there's some lifestyle choices we can control, even if we can't, you know, help uh, what gender we were born. And it makes sense that following recommendations for a generally healthy lifestyle helps prevent Alzheimer's, just like it helps prevent other conditions like, you know, hypertension and stuff. So I've heard about the link between sleep and cognitive function. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. There are strong indications that sleep and memory are closely linked. So lack of sleep hinders working memory, and working memory is necessary for us to remember things for immediate use. So without adequate sleep, the brain struggles to function properly. Neurons or nerve cells become overworked because they can't, they just don't have time to recuperate. So then they're less capable of functioning optimally. More than 25 observational studies found a considerably higher risk of cognitive impairment and Alzheimer's disease in people with sleep problems. In fact, it was estimated that as many as 15% of Alzheimer's disease cases are attributable to poor sleep. In addition to sleep quality, the amount we sleep also makes a difference. Studies have found that both too little and too much sleep are associated with an increased risk of cognitive decline. Well, that's bad news for me. I often have trouble sleeping. Like last night, I just woke up at four and I couldn't really get back to sleep until like 5.30. Oh no. Yeah. Um, so what can um, I and others like me do to help get a better night's sleep? Yeah, we all have issues. You know, all of us have issues at, at from time to time with, with, with sleep. And, you know, having a relaxing bedtime routine always helps, you know, like not drinking alcohol before bed or putting our electronics away or trying to have some kind of a restful sleep routine that includes like meditating or reading or taking a warm bath or listening to music. But exercise is critical too. Exercise can improve sleep. So the more physically active we are during the day, then the better we sleep at night. At least we usually sleep better at night if we exercise. But what if we exercise and we still don't sleep well? Well, studies have found that exercise can actually help reduce the negative impact of sleeping poorly. So exercise is gonna help us either way. It'll help us sleep better or it'll reduce the negative side effects of not sleeping well if we don't. Hmm. Doesn't exercise also help with cognitive function itself? Yeah, there's other ways that um, exercise can improve cognitive function and reduce the risk for dementia. For example, exercise improves mood. It reduces stress and anxiety, which are also risk factors for cognitive decline. And it doesn't take a lot of exercise to have a beneficial impact. There was one recent review article that looked at 98 studies on sleep and cognitive health. And the researchers concluded that just 52 hours over a six month period was beneficial. That comes out to just a little over two hours a week or about 50 to 20 minutes a day. And just that little bit of time invested in exercise was found to improve brain function in adults both with and without cognitive impairment. As if we needed more reasons to exercise. <laughs> just and a little bit, just a little bit helps. Similarly, um, I think we all know the importance of diet to overall health, but the same holds true for cognitive health. And so um, are there specific kinds of diets that have been shown to be best for your brain? Well, diets that include a lot of fruits and vegetables like the Mediterranean diet or DASH diet are linked to improved cognitive function because of their emphasis on fruits and vegetables and lean protein sources and healthy fats. When our diets are high in fruits and vegetables, then we get a lot of phytonutrients like flavonoids. And flavonoids in particular have been shown consistently to have a protective effect on cognitive function. And what kind of foods are high in flavonoids and how exactly do flavonoids help your brain? 
Well, flavonoids are found in high concentrations in foods like berries, tea, and chocolate, and they work in the body to improve communication between brain cells and reduce inflammation. Flavonoids also increase plasticity in the cells, which means they form, they help brain cells form new connections. And then these new connections boost memory and learning. So dietary flavonoids have an anti-inflammatory and neuroprotective effect and can help to reduce or delay age-related cognitive decline. For example, studies show that a little bit of 70% of dark chocolate, about a third to half a bar, helps improve cognitive function. And several studies have found that as little as one cup of blueberries a day, whether or not they're fresh or frozen or freeze-dried, can help improve our cognitive function. Well, dark chocolate-covered blueberries must be fantastic for your cognitive health then. I think they sell them at Trader Joe's. <laughs> uh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, and black tea and green tea provide over 100 milligrams of flavonoids per cup. So tea is a great source of dietary flavonoids. Also, tea contains caffeine and L-theanine, which have been found to work together to improve memory. Interestingly, although coffee contains a high amount of flavonoids, its brain protective effects seem to arise from non-flavonoid compounds called phenylindanes. These compounds are formed during the breakdown of chlorogenic acid and they were found to combat the tangles and plaques that develop in the brains of people with Alzheimer's disease. There's a higher amount of chlorogenic acid and therefore phenylindanes in dark roasted coffee. And both dark roasted caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee were shown to have beneficial effects on the brain. So coffee's protective effects seem to be separate from its caffeine content as well as separate from its flavonoid content. Mm. I guess that's why so many of us turn into a cup of coffee or tea in the morning. I know it makes me feel more awake. And then, you know, if it has any cognitive benefits, that's a nice bonus. And um, so are there any other factors impacting the development of Alzheimer's that you want to touch upon, Susan? Well, stress is something we want to be aware of. Researchers believe that stress can cause inflammation in the brain, making the brain more susceptible to health problems like dementia. And stress can also lead to depression and anxiety, both known risk factors for Alzheimer's. So constant stress can affect the brain's immune system in a way that may lead to dementia symptoms. And anything we can do to reduce the impact of chronic stress on our bodies will help, like exercise or meditation or spending time with friends and family. The interesting thing is that according to a global study of over 32,000 people in six countries, it turns out people's perception of how stressed we are is a risk factor just the perception of it. So if we change our perception to our stress levels, or in other words, if we change our response to stress, then that helps reduce risk of cognitive decline in our later years. So a lot of people play like games to de-stress, and I've always heard it's good for your memory to stimulate your brain. Like sometimes I play Sudoku when I'm trying to relax, and it kind of feels like an educational or like healthy game. But, you know, when I play my guilty pleasure mobile games, I also get ads for other games that claim to improve your brain power. So can those kinds of games actually help improve your memory? That's a great question. There was a recent study that compared two groups of healthy older adults ages 60 to 80 years old. One group played video games 30 to 45 minutes a day for four weeks. The other group played solitaire for the same amount of time. It turns out that the video games can improve something called hippocampal based memory. Hippocampal-based memory has to do with the transfer of information from short-term memory to long-term memory. And researchers showed that the improvements from playing video games lasted for up to four weeks past the intervention, which means that video games should be something doctors recommend as a way to decrease the risk of age-related cognitive decline. 
And these aren't special games. So you don't, to so you answer your question about the ads, you don't have to invest in special games. They had these people playing Angry Birds and Super Mario. <laughs> so these types of video games are widely played and very popular, but it's making sure that older people have access to them that's important. Oh, and by the way, it's great that you play Sudoku <laughs> since there are studies showing it's benefit on cognition too. Well, I think pretty much everyone in my generation and younger plays like some kind of game. So hopefully it means that we'll stave off dementia for longer, but I guess we'll see when we get old. <laughs> um, so like I mentioned earlier, I minored in neuroscience in college. And I remember learning that knowing multiple languages is a factor that can help slow or prevent brain degeneration. And that tidbit's always stuck with me because like I'm bilingual. So it's a comforting fact since I also have sleep problems and I'm hoping those two like Backers will cancel each other out. Yes, absolutely. Bilingual brains are more resilient to the effects of Alzheimer's disease. Lifelong bilingual or multilingual people have increased connectivity in certain areas of the brain that help to protect them from dementia. This means that people who speak more than one language develop dementia symptoms an average of five years later and are able to cope with a greater level of brain dysfunction than people who only speak one language. In fact, the more that people actively speak several languages, then the more protected and resilient their brains are to the effects of Alzheimer's disease. In other words, people who speak more than one language may have Alzheimer's disease, but they're asymptomatic longer and can function better than people who only speak one language. So that is good news for you and the health of your brain, Christina, for sure. <laughs> well, now I regret not trying harder with Spanish in high school because, you know, I could be speaking three languages. <laughs> but um, so what about the positive connections between music and cognition that I've heard about? Well, playing a musical instrument is another interesting way to prevent Alzheimer's disease. A research group in Spain assessed cognitive function in older adults over the age of 59 who studied and played music their whole lives versus people who learned to play music between the ages of 1685. And they found that yes, involvement in musical performance throughout life was associated with protective effects on cognitive function, particularly when musical training began during childhood. Specifically, they found that lifelong musicians have about a 59% reduction in the risk of developing dementia. My brother who is, who is a musician is gonna be very happy to know this. <laughs> However, they also found out that for older adults who started music lessons later in life, they also experienced better working memory and executive functioning than people who had never had music lessons. So the bottom line, if you're a lifelong musician, then you have protective effects against cognitive decline as you age. But if you take up music lessons as an adult, you'll also experience some of those pr protective effects as well. Well, I shouldn't have quit those piano lessons in middle school, but I'm glad to hear it's not too late. You know, the piano's still at my parents' house, so maybe I'll dig it not out one late. of these not days. <laughs> Are there any other factors affecting cognitive function that you wanna mention? Yes, having a strong social network of family and friends leads to better cognitive function. In a study that looked at 10,000 participants over 28 years, researchers found that a more frequent social contact during mid to late life was associated with lower risk of dementia. More frequent social contact appears to build cognitive reserve that our brains maintain over the years and leads to protection as we age. So having robust social networks with family and friends not only helps to reduce depression and anxiety, which again are risk factors for dementia, but the act of creating and maintaining relationships builds more connectivity between nerve cells, which then leads to healthier brain function. That's good to know. Um, I know the social part has been hard for a lot of people with the lockdowns and everything, but hopefully as things get better, we'll get back out there and build more social connections, which like you mentioned earlier, also helps us de-stress. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So it seems like there's a lot of lifestyle factors that we can adjust to try and keep our minds healthier for longer. But let's circle back to diet. You mentioned that flavonoids are beneficial for cognition. And, you know, I think a lot of us don't get nearly as many fruits and vegetables that we know we should. But luckily, supplementation can help fill in the nutritional gap. And Neolife has a lot of great products. But which would you say are top options for flavonoids? Yeah, so Neolife has several supplements that help to support healthy cognitive function, including our flavonoid-based supplements. So let's start with our Neolife tea. Neolife tea has naturally occurring flavonoids from green tea, black tea, and white tea, which adds to our dietary intake of overall flavonoids. And what do flavonoids do again? They have antioxidant properties. They help with a healthy inflammatory response, which in turn helps to protect our brain cells and helps our brain cells work better by forming new connections. Flavonoids in our diet ultimately help boost our ability to learn and remember what we learn. Tray is another great source of naturally occurring flavonoids. It contains pomegranate extract, acai extract, green tea polyphenols, along with our proprietary berry blend. It also includes resveratrol and alpha-lipoic acid, which are both potent antioxidants. Tray is a great way to add more beneficial flavonoids to our diet. And of course, we have our flavonoid complex blend which contains many different fruits and vegetable concentrates for another source of flavonoids to add to our diet. Good to hear we're a flavonoid powerhouse. We are. So, um, I know there's a lot of other nutrients involved in cognitive health though. So which other products would you recommend for that? Okay, we have several supplements that, that support healthy cognition. So first let's start with our Super B product. A review article that looked at 21 studies concluded that B vitamin supplements might delay or maintain cognitive decline in elderly adults. The researchers concluded that B vitamins should be used as a preventative tool to delay the development of mild cognitive impairment in elderly adults. And others have shown that specifically low B12 concentrations, even if they're in the low normal range, are associated with poorer memory performance. So taking a B vitamin supplement is enormously helpful in supporting healthy brain function. Also, we have our Mind Enhancement Complex, which contains a blend of seven herbs, including ginkgo, goda cola, and red sage that help to promote healthy blood flow to the brain, which in turn helps to support memory and concentration. We have our Salmon Oil Plus, which was shown in a clinical trial to support healthy inflammation levels in the body. Our salmon oil is concentrated to EPA and DHA and was found to lower an important cellular inflammatory marker by 68%. And these fatty acids are also vital for the maintenance of normal brain function throughout life. They help to preserve cell membrane health and facilitate communication between brain cells. And it's important, we might not think about these next two, but it's important to add magnesium complex and our vegan vitamin D3 to the list of supplements that support cognitive health. Studies show that high magnesium intake alone may improve cognitive function in older adults, especially, and this is important, especially if they have sufficient vitamin D levels. It doesn't take a lot of magnesium to do the trick. We need the RDA for magnesium, which is 420 milligrams for men and 320 milligrams for women. Also in a 2019 study in the British Medical Journal, researchers followed over 6,000 postmenopausal women for over 20 years, and again, if the women met the RDA for magnesium, then they had lower risk of cognitive decline. And finally, older adults often don't get enough protein and protein is essential for maintaining healthy cognitive function. Our Neolife Shake and our Neolife Vegan Protein can help achieve healthy protein intakes. 
And both of these protein drinks are excellent sources of vitamins and minerals. Also, our vegan protein contains healthy fats, which go a long way in supporting brain health. So we're well, we're well supplied at meal <laughs> cognitive function for sure. Yeah, that's a lot of good products. I have most of these in my pantry already, but there's still a few that I should stock up on. But, you know, it's great to hear that Neolife has so many great options because cognitive health is such an important part of our lives. And, you know, you have to take care of it for the long term because you might not feel the impact now, but, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you never know. Um, so you've given us a lot to think about, Susan, not just in the nutrient side, but also in the lifestyle side. And thanks for sharing all that with us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you know, when we're younger, it's great to do as many protective things as possible. But, you know, I think the good news is even when we're older, there's still a lot of things that we can do to help protect our brain. Yes. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. It's been great to be here with Susan and Jennifer and you know, to share all this information with you. Thank you so much. Good to be here with all of you guys. Yeah. I really could listen to both of you talk all day long such great information. I haven't taken my supplements today. So now I'm getting anxious to, to run and take them before my next meeting. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was great information. And we will see you ladies next time. We'll see you next time. All okay. right. Bye. Thanks everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye.